0: Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I am talking about how the abundance of food and games has impacted our lives. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. we will be right with you. Wondrous item. Rare. A bag with 20,000 square feet of dedicated storage. With it, you can never go hungry, provided that you have the coin as you can only exchange food for items of value while using this item. A request for any food item or ingredient, small or rare as it may be, can be retrieved from the bag on exchange of successful payment for it. You now wield the bag of vending. In so many parts of the world, we live in such abundant times that we can have things like a favorite dipping sauce. I recently ate out at a local chicken place, or we didn't eat there, we got some takeout chicken, and they had a menu of various dipping sauces that you could receive upon request. And I was just thinking how that is such a sign that you can have not just the food that you want, but also you can customize it even further to your personal flavor at at something like a a fast food place by just asking for a specific dipping sauce for your fries or what have you and it just got me thinking that that's that's amazing it's taking the time to just be grateful that you know it's it's not gruel it's not oatmeal every day it's not beans every day it's so many types and flavors of food that I can, and even further past that, that we have the resources available to us in the production so that I can choose between ranch or barbecue or honey mustard. It it just struck me as something that I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about today, and in so many places and ways that there are we take these things for granted that we see so much abundance in the world, and it's so prevalent that it becomes kind of the norm. You get used to constantly being exposed to these types of things. The item that I referenced with 20,000 square feet of dedicated storage is kind of the lower middle average of a grocery store's square footage in America. Uh, Now, uh, from what I've seen, it looks like that number is going down as a lot of smaller stores that are more niche are starting to pop up, but that the number for large chain stores can be up as high as 40,000 square feet of just food. And I found that just, it kind of blows my mind. Like, I, I don't realize it when I'm in there, but when you take a step back and just look at a chain grocery store, not even a giant big box one, they're pretty massive places and there's so much there like i think you know barring spoilage 40,000 square feet is enough room to house almost all of the food that i could think of eating in i don't know maybe not my entire life but pretty close like that's it's a, it's an unfathomably large amount of storage and it's just it just struck me as Time, time has changed, and and these we're not living in you know medieval Europe or anything anymore. We have, we have these incredible places, and so I was thinking in other ways that we have such abundance that we may not see. And something that really kind of popped up pretty quickly is uh, I had a discussion with a an acquaintance once where we had talked about what types of things do you think taking somebody from the past and putting them in the future would be impressed with. And, you know, the, the common things like cell phones or the internet or whatever were, were pretty big topics, but they brought to light uh, vending machines that we live in a society so advanced that you could get a single serving of either clean, fresh water that is completely free of any germs entirely sanitized or that you could also get a single serving of things that are completely unhealthy for you and serve nothing but an entertainment purpose a flavor purpose Uh, a soda has pretty much no nutritional value but it's same for you know maybe a bag of chips might actually have more (laughs) But that or just the fact that we have so much sugar in our modern world that it is now an ingredient that makes up, you know, twenty-five percent of some of the drinks that we consume are just made up entirely of sugar. But that vending machines offer in simple of exchange of currency a single or snack-sized serving of a product that is almost completely free of De- almost certainly, in many cases, human hands and in a lot of times, human interaction. I mean, automated farming and going from you know farm to vending machine. There's a good chance that like eighty percent or more of the potatoes used in a bag of potato chips. Uh, I don't know what the distance, like, that minimum distance of between that potato and a human would be. Probably the closest that it gets to a person is once it's bagged, right? Like, once it's in a bag, in a box, if somebody's carrying that box and putting it on a shelf, or I guess loading it into the vending machine. But still, it's been completely sealed. So there's the potato is getting close, but not quite being touched by anyone. The only potatoes that get touched, right, are the ones that, like, get thrown out. <laughs> but... I just thought that that was something that I, I never really thought of that because it's very easy to think that, yeah, you know cell phones or modern technology is something that we think about when we think about like televisions or toasters or blenders or I don't know, I'm only focusing on mostly kitchen things here, but I guess that's part of the show. And to think about vending machines as a technological advancement just is not something that really crossed my mind. So I thought that that was a really interesting take and how impressed somebody would be that struggles to, you know, boil water in, you know, if 500 AD or something, you know, carrying water in buckets would probably be pretty impressed by the clarity and just amount of water that we have. Pre-pockaged, bottled, you know, whatever, the Culligan water tanks or the giant, you know, water service tanks would be just kind of wild that we have so much of it that we use it for just whatever we we not necessarily always waste it i try to be pretty mindful with our water use but it's just so abundant that we can use it for so many more things i don't know it's kind of an interesting thought and i when i got to thinking of it i was starting thinking that really right now is a great time of abundance in the rpg space as well tabletop rpgs have been only becoming more popular of course, the prevalence of shows like Critical Role has helped uh, Dungeons & Dragons quite a bit. 5th edition has been pretty accessible, uh, while some may argue about how certain skills may be useful or have been dropped from the 3.5 version to the change over to 5e and some of the rules possibly too simplified. But I think that overall, it's still a good thing that they're there because a lot of people through that exposure um, and popularity are are getting exposed to other RPGs as well. And things like the the internet especially, where people can share and build new rules and and items and things, but also things like Kickstarter have helped bring about more and smaller and, and different indie kind of creations to the tabletop RPG sphere that the popularity of one is kind of the popularity of all because while people may now be more familiar with Dungeons and & Dragons and be more aware of it and it's more kind of in the common vernacular and starting to be stigmatized a little bit less, at least it has been over the last 10 years or so, it's a lot more acceptable to be a role player or or to play role-playing games than it used to. It That also means that there's going to be people that say oh well i know what that is but i'm not interested in that is there is there a DD but for cyberpunk or for spaceships or for smoky detective novels right like and there are and that's amazing and i think that it really is again just the idea of abundance there's so much that you can access there's so many types of rpgs that you can access and additionally there are so many ways to interact with those things that kind of like the potato chip analogy, you can interact with the tabletop RPG space without ever have played, like ever having played a tabletop role playing game. The internet and and just kind of the prevalence of smaller indie campaigns and startups has built a huge number of jobs and offerings and creative spaces for people so that you may not really want to play but maybe you're an amazing artist and you love to draw other people's characters or you can make a living doing that in the same way you can cosplay you can be a physical maker and make boards or dice or like any kind of adjacent material there's there's people that make their entire livings making gaming tables or dice trays uh, custom supplies and i think that it's just so amazing that there's so the the tabletop gaming sphere is so huge that you can interact with it in the same way that the that agriculture is so huge you can interact with it in ways that just weren't available before and you can do so and still be involved in the community, still be a part of this great space. And you don't have to go very far to find uh, other people that have like-minded interests. And that's just, I don't know, I feel very blessed to be experiencing this time where we get to see that happen with tabletop RPGs. I didn't get a lot of that when I was growing up in school. and, And I think that seeing it now and seeing it accessible just blows my mind. And speaking of abundance, the other thing, the goblin part of me, is there's so many more dice now. Like, they're not all flat color with white lettering. There's so many dice. And and of course, the Maker Sphere has latched onto this and given some of the most incredible creations I could, like, if I won a million dollars, it would be difficult not to spend it all on custom dice, because there are so many cool, I want a set for every thought that my characters have, right? I don't really even get to play that many characters anymore, and I still want every character that I create, an online character builder, or on a pencil and paper sheet, or write down an idea for it in the notebook, gets their own set of dice now, because it's they're just the the clicky clacky shiny rocks must have them all and i have to have to shout out a good friend of mine uh the fungi forest on etsy or on instagram at the.fungi.forest they do a lot of cool uh fungus and forest and cottagecore related creations from masks to felt mushrooms to all sorts of different things earrings uh, a lot of natural Uh, locally sourced items uh, from the Midwest, so dropped acorns, tiny bits of fungus and branches and things on the forest floor Um, they incorporate into their works, and they have been working on uh, custom artesian dice with various different types of settings, uh, from solid color and mixed color acrylics to a lot of really really cool moss and like forest bits. If you have a druid or think about playing a druid or anybody who likes nature, please check them out: the Fungi Forest on Etsy and the Fungi Forest on Instagram. Dice with tiny mushrooms and little bits of moss in them. They're so amazing and that she does an incredible job uh, Polishing and making sure that only the most perfect flawless sets get posted at full price Where sets that have minor flaws or maybe like a single bubble in them or something often go on sale for discount These go quick. They sell out so fast so whenever there is a new set posted uh, they'll be posted usually on instagram uh, before moving over to etsy i believe they have a facebook page as well that you can find via those other links i'll have a couple of links in the description for y'all and please 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 check her out you don't have to buy anything if you do check her out just share her content get her name out there i'd really love to see her really blow up in the rpg space so let's spread some love that way And if anything else, just throw her some likes on Instagram, because seriously, she is a majorly talented artist, and I think all of her work is absolutely incredible. So that said, I can't help but also talk about the kind of the darker side of abundance so we're gonna flip over here and talk uh, about a little bit more of a sensitive subject that I think does need to be brought up though because abundance is something like I said at least for me is so prevalent that it's hard to see a world that doesn't have abundance in it but there is a lack of abundance and not just within the world but within our own communities so I would like to take a moment to talk about some spaces that really do actually make a difference and make a difference to could be your next door neighbor, could be the person above or below you in an apartment, could be anybody. You, it's, you can't judge a, a book by their cover, and you may never know if somebody is struggling with food scarcity. And food scarcity is a, a lot more common than you may think. It can be difficult for families and individuals to properly support themselves, and they may rely on external sources to help get uh, their needs met. And so really look for and interact with and seek out your local food bank, uh, especially during this really harsh winter that we're having. And, And it seems like that's kind of been only increasing and being the case as we go through time. It's been worse and worse winters, at least where I live, and it doesn't really look like it's going to be going back anytime soon. Uh, A lot of people think about food banks and food shelters in their area or soup kitchens when it's kind of the holiday season. It's really easy to think about Thanksgiving harvests and donating to food markets at that time, but they need help throughout the year. And it's one thing to, you know, if you have a couple spare cans of food or a canned food drive or something like that is one thing, but really a lot of uh, food harvest areas, like uh, our local areas, Ozarks Food Harvest, and they partner with other food suppliers. And while donating canned goods is great, a lot of times they can make a dollar go so much further than you can, because in many cases, at least for myself, If I go to the store and I pick up a can of, you know, canned tuna or something, it's like $0.86, well, they are able to, you know, use all of their resources as part of being a not-for-profit to work with suppliers directly and possibly get even additional discounts on top of that so that they can maybe get four to seven cans of Tuna for the same dollar that you would be able to so if you're looking at helping uh, your local shelters and, and food heart marketplaces um, Dealing with the problems of food scarcity in your area Cash is king. It, it really is a uh, second to that is Take the extra few moments and uh, look them up on the internet and see. Many of them have websites that'll show highest need and critical items, especially in winters like these. Uh, it's not always just food, but things like socks, coats, sweaters, uh, diapers, all of these types of items, your local shelter will have A list of greatest need items the items that are going to help them the most if you were to donate them so just taking a look at that and taking a few moments I really recommend that you do it because this is a problem that we can solve and we can solve it locally we can solve it on the local level by helping out and doing so helps out the people that are literally closest to us literally next door Um, can be somebody who could get a lot of good from a simple donation so I would just like to kind of mention that and take a moment to say that you know I'm super thankful for the abundance that I get to see and experience in my life and if I have the opportunity to spread that in a way that helps others I think that's important to do as well on the RPG side there are ways that we can help in a similar manner Uh, Places like the Boys and Girls Town or youth shelters are always in the need of people willing to donate some of their time. If you can't donate money or food, think about donating time and either sponsoring uh, a young child or young adult or talking to the shelter about possibly doing something like running an adventure night where you have a one-shot adventure that you can come in and maybe help run, get some kids to get their mind off of things for a while, give them a space to interact and build some social skills, some confidence, or just have some fun. I mean, that's what we're all doing when we're playing anyway. So being able to provide that to people who may not have the access to the abundance that we have to be able to play these games and finding ways to help out or possibly look at maybe donating some books, the, the starter player sets are coming down, they've come down in price so many times that the, the getting started sets that contain condensed manuals and quick start rules for a lot of different games are really widely available. So consider picking a couple of those up and donating them at a time other than uh, the standard holiday season, or like I said, donate your time. Again, the, the last and sometimes most important thing, if you can, donate money. And if you can't do any of these things, just share the message be open to talking about it take a minute to mention it just kind of openly in public because normalizing these types of conversations and making them human conversations instead of looking at people around us as others is something that is also going to go a long way and that's free and easy and anybody can do it you know don't you don't need my links you can look up your local areas find those those places that you want to support and share your message in that way and I think that that's just, I feel like it's a really important way to kind of compare and contrast. And I believe that there are a lot of ways that people in the RPG space can do things like sponsoring uh, sponsoring a kid and, and helping out in some way or hosting a youth night of some sort. And getting people access to and interested in a hobby that will take up all of their time creating new characters and collecting shiny click-clack rocks instead of, uh, you know, potentially dangerous activities. So I think that it's just a really good way that we can all kind of come together and push things, you know, in a better direction. So with that, a couple other things that I wanted to hit on is... Uh, I wanted first and foremost to thank everybody that has signed up to my Twitter lately. It has been exploding. Uh, I've gotten so many more notifications nowadays. Uh, we're getting close to two hundred users, and that is just fantastic. I am eternally thankful for everybody that interacts with me on Twitter uh, and gives me ideas, or you know, just comments on funny memes and has cool conversations. Shout out to the TTRPG Solidarity crowd—a bunch of a really, really cool actors. And, and interested parties in the TTRPG and RPG community sphere. There's so many cool creators that I don't have time to shout out all of them um, but there are a couple of thank yous that I would like to make real quick. Larbarian uh, at Hottering Lauren. Uh, thank you so much for your shout outs and your constant positivity and just amazing vibes very, honest and just open and cool creator I love all of the work that you've been putting out and i love how much you support the community so thank you so much if you hear this uh huge ups to you for your work in uh all of the different daily it seems uh, twitter community items like the self promo saturday and the work in progress wednesdays Um, The follower Friday. There's all, there's so many, I can't keep up with them all. I'm still a little bit too new at this community (laughs) to have everything down pat yet, but thank you so much for your contributions in that space. Uh, I also want to give a bit of an announcement and a shout out as well. As I mentioned, I am working on an awesome collaboration. Uh, I, myself and uh, Maps and Quests, are working together to build a one-shot dungeon kind of mini adventure that is super customizable and super variable so that you can plug and play it into almost any existing adventure with ways to set up the adventure in either open spaces in wilderness areas or within a city. Uh, So wherever your players are, if you need a quick dungeon to throw your players into for a night, it has rules, also it contains uh, rules for gauging the encounter levels and adjusting them either up or down. Uh, the overall adventure is themed around a four-person fourth-level party, but it contains plenty of notes so that you can customize it down to a one-to-two level or scale it up as high as you would like. Um, so I'm working on that. It'll come out on Twitter. Uh, you can follow myself, at dinners, or you could follow Maps and Quests, which is over at n underscore quests and it's making a lot of progress where he maps and quests is a map maker really really cool designs that he has provided me i'm doing a lot of the adventure writing and we've been working together on traps and devious details and all sorts of sweet little fun items that we can throw in there to help get your players into a fun adventure. We're going to give that one out for free. Um, So follow either of us at Twitter or keep an eye or an ear out. I'm sure it'll pop up on Reddit and I will probably do a dedicated podcast episode for it when it comes out as well. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, your comments, your episode ideas. If you just want to reach out to me and chat, there have been several users that have uh, hit me up on Reddit and on Twitter, and I have open inboxes for you all right now. It's been super awesome just hanging out. Um, If you do have questions, comments, concerns, episode ideas, content that you'd like to see, directions you want this podcast to go, let me know, and I will see what I can do to help get that done. All of my social media links and contact information as well as some of the links discussed today for uh, the fungi forest are going to be down in the description below and if you're looking for more content uh, you can check out my other podcast it's called pick up your sticks it's a longer form podcast where we talk about why gaming matters we just interviewed uh, a couple of starcraft pro players Uh, We got to interview the developer of a recent released, uh, pretty sweet uh, strategy game, and we also do discussions on gaming in general, as well as a few bits of news and reviews here and there, Um, but we really try to stick to the core content of what about gaming is important to us, to society in general, and how gaming has influenced our lives. That's called Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form podcast, includes myself and my good friend and co-host Walker Near, and also comes out every sunday. So, thank you all so much for listening. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you. Check out your local food banks, see what you can do to help people in your area, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.